0: Hey, funny people, welcome to 4-Cent Shots. This is where I share a brief segment from one of the past episodes of the podcast for your enjoyment. So, enjoy! Like most children who grew up in the United States, I used to believe that police officers were basically good. The last 13 or so years of my life, though, have really brought to light the reality of this situation. Don't misunderstand. I met some decent people who happened to be in law enforcement in some capacity or another, but my estimation of cops, in particular, has taken a serious nosedive. Those of you listening who've heard my previous episodes will know two things about me. One, that I didn't grow up with many of the hardships with which this country often saddles people of color due to my mother, a white woman, and two, that I am a total wuss. As such, I never really had many opportunities to try and wreck my life by getting into entanglements involving cops. It wasn't in my nature, and had I done so, my mother would have beaten me halfway to death and then allowed my father to beat me the rest of the way. In fact, my parents laid down the law regarding getting into scrapes with the law. One day, they sat my brother, my sister, and I down in the living room and explained it to us perfectly clearly. When you get arrested, my father said to us, and you're taken to jail, you're allowed one phone call. If the cops pick you up and take you to jail and you take that phone call, don't waste it calling us. Because we won't come to get you. He then proceeded to act out how this would work. You could call us crying, "Papi, Papi, I'm in jail. Come get me out." He then went through all the questions he would ask in the course of the call: What did you do? Who were you with? Are they in jail too? Did they make their phone call yet? How much is the bail? Etc. 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 Then he said, "I'll see." "'Mijo, that's pretty bad, and I could get you out of it.' Then he paused for a long time. "'But you remember what we said, right? "'You land in jail, you're shit out of luck. "'See you when you get out.' Click." The very idea of spending even one evening or two in jail terrified the three of us so much that we stayed out of trouble. We'd seen the Shawshank Redemption and assumed that's how jail was like everywhere. I missed out on so many high school parties for fear that someone would call the cops and I'd end up in prison. Fear was a big factor, but so was common sense. I was a fat kid who grew up into a fat adult, so I couldn't have outrun a cop car to save my life. So I just stayed away. I avoided any situation that in my super imaginative, anxiety-riddled mind could possibly lead to jail time. As such, I never encountered any cops in my life growing up. In a way, that was a good thing. This world is stressful enough without having to fear that some guy in a blue shirt with a badge that might as well read License to Kill instead of To Serve and Protect was going to midwife me to my demise. There was, however, one incident that I can recall. This happened several years ago during one of those early fall days that we have here in Missouri that feel almost like a second spring. It was cool, but not chilly, with plenty of sun and many of the plants still had their verdant colors. I was mowing my parents' lawn. Yes, I know, save your Hispanic landscaper jokes later because I've heard them all. And I just about finished when I heard this really strange noise. It was a high-pitched blaring sound. Obviously, it was some kind of alarm. And like the idiot who's going to die first in the horror movie, I went to investigate it. Turned out, one of my parents' elderly neighbors who had installed a new alarm system had triggered it by accident and couldn't remember his alarm code to shut it off. After figuring out who it was and where it was coming from, I just went back to my work. And having finished the lawn, I had to dispose of the lawn trimmings, which I always dumped in the yard waste barrel in the alley across from our house. So I went down the alley, dumped the clippings in the barrel, and as I was walking back to my house, a police patrol SUV pulled up in the alley, right behind the house where the alarm had gone off. Even though my neighbor, with the help of the lady next door to him, had managed to shut off the alarm, it had gone on long enough to notify the St. Louis Metropolitan Police, as most of these newfangled alarms tend to do. Since they had been called, the cops had to come and investigate, even though it was most likely a false alarm. So there it was, a cop cruiser between me and my house. I had to get home, so I just started walking. By this time, the lady who'd helped shut off the alarm had walked into the alleyway and begun speaking to one of the cops, who was still sitting in the police cruiser, as both of them were. So I walked past the driver, a white cop, and started for home when nine words brought me to a screeching halt. Excuse me, sir, can I ask you a few questions? I turned around, my anxiety already flaring up. The white cop whom I'd passed had spoken to me. I'd learned from others who had had incidences involving cops that the best way to handle this situation was to simply be polite and to remain as calm as possible. Dealing with a cop is very similar to dealing with a pit bull you know has a history of biting people. If you stay calm and make no sudden movements, nothing bad will happen. In theory, I walked back to the window and said to the gave the standard line. What seems to be the problem, officer? What are you doing back around here? Dumping grass clippings? I lifted the empty lawnmower bag that I still had in my hand. He got this look on his face that seemed to say, Of course, that son of a bitch. Sir, do you live in this neighborhood? I had to tamp down my inner smartass and just gave him a straight answer. Yes, I live in that house right over there. I pointed to my house. A mere few yards away. It was in that moment that another shudder of fear shot through me. Because I'd been working in the yard, I had no ID on me. It was in my wallet, which was in my house. And who, besides a professional landscaper, carries their wallet around when they're in their back pocket while they're working around their house? Still, I recognize the quandary. If he asked me if I could verify that, demand to see my ID, which a cop can apparently do at any time, I wouldn't be able to produce it. If I tried to explain to him that I could, but I'd have to get it from my house first, he might well take that the wrong way. You know what I mean? He might think that I was trying to get away from him because I had something to hide, which of course I didn't. And he might very well pegged me as a suspect in this weird series of events that he was suddenly enmeshed in this alarm going off and he may even well have put me under arrest after all this cop didn't know me all he saw was a brown person in a largely white neighborhood in other words if this continued i was fucked However, he didn't ask me that. He didn't get the chance. The woman who had been talking to his partner interjected and explained that the whole thing was just a false alarm. The cop then turned back to me and said, "All right, go on about your business. And I walked home. I've been in car accidents. I've been in the vicinity where violence has broken out. I've flown in airplanes that had to land on airstrips that were too short. And I've been hit by a bus. But never in my life had I been as terrified as I'd been in that very brief interaction. When you're frightened of the people whose job it is to protect you from actual crime, and you're just expected to respect them because they wear a badge and carry a lethal weapon, That's a sign that something is wrong in the society in which you live. Terror, even involuntary terror, should not be a means of keeping the peace. Trust. That's how you keep the peace. Maybe our good officers could consider going through some training to learn that.